Welcome everyone to episode nine of the Beyond Our Sidelines podcast. Today I'll be joined by Mike Shorman, uh, known by many as the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. Uh, Mike is the leader of the Global Paddles Up movement, uh, which celebrates people's confidence and power. Uh, he is also the author of Crash and Rise: Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. Uh, so join me as as Mike and I talk about his personal story, uh, while also discussing his message of positivity and community. Uh, we'll also talk about mental health, the importance of, of inclusivity, uh, and how to overcome adversity. Uh, I hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for, for joining me. Um, I, I really appreciate your your time, and I'm really excited to, to chat with you um, and to learn from you and uh, and have have this conversation. Um, so thanks uh, thanks for, for for being here. Um, working, working forward to having it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. Of course. Um, and so I wanted to kick things off with with a question, um, you know, that that you will know a lot about because it's about you, but um, but also um, you know important I think for some 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 context and some background. But um, I, I think your your story has been out there quite a bit, and and you've been really open with sharing it. Um, which is uh, really great for inspiring others and motivating others and, and you know, bringing certain topics and in, in conversations to the forefront. Um, but I wanted to, to kind of kick things off by, by asking, uh, who is Mike Shorman? Um, you know, and, and what's made you kind of open yourself up and, and tell your story to the world? Uh, great question. I was just... Uh I was just answering this in a uh, in a talk that I'm writing for to do at Bellarmine uh, University in, in Kentucky this this winter. Um, who, who am I? I'm, I'm many things to many people, as are you, and as are you know your listeners. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a best-selling author of Crash and Rise: Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm an athlete. I'm an advocate for several nonprofit organizations across the United States and Canada. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a paddleboarder. I'm I'm a friend. I'm a son. I'm 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 the winner of North America's largest inspirational speech competition. Uh, I, you know, I have I have many hats that I wear and on many things to many people. But I hope, or, or what I've come to find really, is that at the end of it all, I'm, I'm a change maker. And, and I didn't set out to be that way. Um, it just happened over a period of time. And, and here we are. Um, and I work with people who, who are dreamers, who want to go out into the world and create impact and and make the world a better place. And is that what change maker kind of means to you? Like, is that is that part of your definition of what a what a change maker is? Yeah. So for me, I think people are you know people are you know the ones who are crazy enough. To, to think they can change the world are the ones that do. That's a quote by Steve Jobs. That's not a quote by me. But, but I, work with, I work with a lot of people who, 
who want to make the world a better place, um, who have a vision of what that looks like, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, working specifically within their community or, or on a, on a, you know, a regional or a national or an international level, um, working with, you know, organizations or, or impacting the lives of thousands, millions of people, um, with, with their messages, whatever they may be. Um, and, and I, I, I love working with people and, and seeing their growth through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's And it's especially motivational to, to, to see that growth in others, um, and, and getting to witness that firsthand. And, um, and, and I think it's an important message to, to, to say that like, everyone out there can, can make an impact and can make a difference and can make a, a positive um, contribution to, to a variety of different things, to, to their families, to their friends, to their communities, to society at large. Um, and so everyone can be a change maker. And that's a, yeah. you know, I think when you think about it that way as, a, as an individual, when you start to think about that question of who am I, um, you know, that can be part of that that answer of, of who am I? Well, I can be a, I can be a change maker. I can make a difference. Um, and so that's really great. Um, I think a lot of the things that people get stuck on is the fact that they think that they can't. Um, and that, and that's kind of like the first step of like the six pillars of what I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is, you know, I work with, with people who, who want to, you know, go out into the world and, and do these big things. Um, and one of the six, um, the first step is abandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all A's. And the first step is abandon. And the first step is to let go of the notion that you can't, that you can't. And, and that you, you know, that your contribution, whether it's in the familial home or, or in your neighborhood or a city or wherever you are, that it won't change. Um, and impact people. Um, and I think a lot of people get stuck in that and, and think, well, my, my contribution is insignificant. No, it's not. When we, you know, when we go out into the world and, and we do these, these things, whatever it is, um, you know, people, people watch, um, your sisters are watching, your friends are, your neighbors are watching. Um, and it motivates and inspires them to to be better people, to to do big things. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I I subscribe very very heavily to to kind of the the growth mindset of of that we're always learning and we can always be be growing and improving. And I think those those two words can and can't can each be very powerful. And and depending on how you're how you're thinking about it if you think you can do something you know there's power in that that framing and then if you think you can't do something there's there's also power in in how that makes your you think and your 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 mind frame in in different things so uh you know abandon yeah get rid of of that 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 thinking of i can't do something and yeah, it can be really, really important and really powerful. Um, and so I look forward to hearing the rest of the the the, the pillars. Um, but uh, what what's your 
what's your kind of sporting background? I know obviously, you know, paddleboarding um, is a big part of, of your life, but what's, what, what's kind of your background and what led you to, to paddleboarding being a part of, of your life? Yeah, so I fell in love with paddleboarding. For those who are listening, watching, who, who don't know what paddleboarding is, essentially it's uh, surfing on usually flat water um, with a paddle. Um, like you would use in a canoe or a kayak and uh, designed a little bit differently so that you can stand up on it and paddle. And, uh, and it was competitive. You know, there's a world championships and it's happening in Hungary in a couple weeks. Uh, there's national championships. It's in the Pan Am Games. Uh, the board just, uh, the board of, of governors for the Olympics just assigned finally, after many years, just assigned uh, the governing body of the sport of paddleboarding so that it could move into the Olympics. So it's moving along very quickly now. Wow, I didn't know that. But many people, you know, paddleboard for for recreation, for fun. Uh, people go out and do yoga. People bring out their dogs. Uh, People use it, you know, mindfulness and, and relaxation. I have done races. Mm-hmm. I have. I am a Paddle Canada certified trained instructor, which means I I can teach advanced level skills and techniques uh, used uh, out on the water. Um, and I have taught professionally since two thousand and. 13. Wow. And I am this year's, uh, I was last year's uh, International Stand-Up Paddleboarding Man of the Year. I was nominated with several several of the top men around the world. Uh, world champions, national champions, Pan Am Games winners. I was nominated and I became the first Canadian and the first person with a disability, I have a physical disability, I, I have um, a neurological condition. Mm-hmm. When I turn my head from side to side, I, it's like a carousel in my head. And when I look up and down, mm-hmm. I get very dizzy and very disoriented. So I became the first Canadian, the first person with a disability to be honored with this award uh, internationally. And this year, uh, in the follow-up awards, I became the 2021 International People's Choice Stand-Up Paddleboarding Man of the Year. So all the, I, I won the People's Choice Award, which was also a big honor. Well, congratulations. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm sure that, I mean, I, I imagine um, th- that must have felt, felt pretty wonderful. And, and, and knowing, you know, kind of... Um, uh, knowing a little bit about your story, and so knowing, you know, some of the the the, the things, the challenges that you faced to, to get to that point of of getting that recognition, um, you know, I know that it, I imagine that might have, have made it even even a little bit sweeter of of um, you know being able to to recognize all of the the, the work that you've done and um, you know for for no, this thing so, that you love. It was so funny when I won last year. I was contacted uh, by Chris Burdish. Chris Burdish became the first 
person to paddleboard across the Atlantic Ocean in 2016. Uh, he went from Morocco to Antigua, mm-hmm. and, he, and he, he became the International Stand-Up Paddleboarding Man of the Year. And Chris contacted me about a day after I won last year. And he welcomed me to a club of 11 men from around the world. He's from South Africa. He became the first South African to win. I became the first Canadian. And and I remember thinking at the time, like, this is just so cool that this guy who I have read about everywhere is welcoming me into a club um, for very different reasons. He won because of, you know, he was selected as the International Stand-Up Paddleboarding Man of the Year because of his work with water conservation Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, cleaning up cleaning up the ocean and, and and his big crossing i was nominated because they told me that i would never paddleboard ever again after developing a neurological condition and i got back on a board for three minutes so chris won because he paddleboarded across the atlantic and i won because i sat on a board for three minutes <laughs> and i set off a global movement for mental health right uh, very different reasons but very, very cool. Um, he's become a very good friend of mine, and, and he's a big part of a project I'm working on on next year. Um, he, I've actually brought him on as a, as a mindset coach. Amazing. And what's, the, what's the, and what's the project? So this year, recently, I, I partnered with several nonprofit mental health organizations, um, because of of what happened to me mm-hmm. or happened with me and um in 2018 i developed this reactivation of my chickenpox virus as when i was a kid mm-hmm. and it attacked my vestibular system so overnight my business was lost as a as a professional paddleboarding coach my identity was lost in that. My independence was lost. I couldn't walk from the living room to the kitchen without somebody holding me. Wow. Um, I lost my mobility, speech and vision problems, and hearing impairments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went from being very athletic and fit to not being able to walk. Right. And um, and that sent me on a huge mental health journey. I um, I went into a crisis center um, for treatment mm-hmm. um, at the insistence of my family. And on the other side of that, I started speaking and writing about mental health. Um, and then I started working with mental health organizations across the United States and Canada, the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. the Tyler Clementi Foundation, uh, Jack.org, which is Canada's number one youth mental health organization. And I realized that through my journey, I didn't want kids, youth, to feel alone like I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and this past couple of years has been extremely trying for, for all of us right. in different ways. We're all in the, sta- in the same storm, but we're all in different boats or different paddleboards. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so I contacted all these organizations and I said, you know, what, what can I do? How can I help you? How can I help support this? Um, and I decided then I was going to attempt to become the first person with a disability to paddleboard from one country to another. Mm-hmm. So I would go from the United States, from, from Rochester, New York, to Toronto, uh, crossing 87 miles for youth mental health. And we raised a lot of funds and a lot of awareness with Mike Shorman's Paddle Across America. Mm-hmm. I invited hundreds of paddleboarders from across the United States to join me on the water that first day. And, and they came out to support it. It was amazing. But the weather changed on the second day. It, yeah. it was a grueling first day. I think I did something like 14 hours on the water. Mm-hmm. I had blisters and cuts all over my hands by the end of the day. Yeah, I imagine. Um, and um, and then on the second day, the way the the weather changed, there was remnants of a hurricane going up the east coast, and, mm-hmm. and the water on Lake Ontario just switched very very quickly. And I was facing eight to ten foot waves all day. So after paddling for you know seven eight hours, my team my team pulled it pulled me for safety. Right. And they said, you have you have a, you have a head condition. Like you can't be going up and down there. Like this isn't gonna like this isn't gonna stop. Right. It's ongoing. Um, and they pulled me, and I was crushed. Yeah, I imagine. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm I'm letting people down. I'm I'm you know I'm. But I wasn't, you know, I set out to do three things. The first, raise a lot of money for youth across the United States and Canada. Check, we did that. Awesome. Two, uh, create a lot of awareness. I got very loud. I was on every Canadian <laughs> TV news network. I was in all the, I was in papers. I was in the New York media. Um, you know, millions of imprints. The Weather Network right. did a story on this. Like, it was... It was bigger than you know people people wanted wanted a story about a person with a disability you know doing helping helping you know other people who were struggling um and and i'm very fortunate that the that the media wanted to to cover that um so check that was done so two out of three Mm -hmm. and the final was become the first person with a physical disability to go from one country to another by paddleboard Half check. We didn't. We didn't get all the way. We got pulled at the end of the second day. Um, so two and a half out of three. Hey, that's um, nice. Immediately, my plans went into mode. You know, people. People were like, okay, now you can rest. And they're like, no, now we can start building the team that's going to make it go three out of three. Yeah. And part of that was bringing in Chris Burdish uh, as my coach. Um, so he will be here from South Africa and he will be part of my team to, to help, you know, get that three out of three and, and drive that home next June. Amazing. So the plan next June, the plan is to, to do the crossing again, um, and go and go all the way. Yeah. So my, my friend, Canadian Disability Hall of Fame, um, inductee Vicky Keith. She was she she swam Lake Ontario. She swam it, two lengths of it from Toronto to New York, and then back again. Mm-hmm. And she did it for persons with disabilities, and she, and and she did it in 1986. 
And famously, she was pulled out of the water because the weather changed while she was out there. Mm. And there's clips of her. Like, you can just Google her, and you can see, like, she was devastated. Like, they're like, this isn't, you know, one day of prep work when stuff like this happens. This is months and months, if not years, of preparing for something like this. Um, and I was just the same way. Like, there's, there's coverage. Like, if you Google Mike Schwarman, you can see me crying on national television. <laughs> like, I was a mess when they pulled me. Right. Um, and Vicky, Vicky went back out in 1987, the next year, and she did it. And she raised thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, because what I think she didn't realize is that the story got bigger. Um, you know, people people love to people love a triumph. Right. But yeah, what people yeah. love more is a comeback story. And people celebrated her comeback story. And people wanted to be a part of that. And I think I failed to see that in in the first week right. or so. Um, and then I spoke with Vicky about her coming on as a mindset coach because who else better to bring on to your team than somebody who has walked down the road walked down the road that you're walking down. Right, right. Um, before you. Um, so I, I've watched the talks. I've watched the interviews that she's done. I study her. Um, and you know, I'll be I'll be channeling her her run in nineteen eighty seven. Um, but I go back in, in early 2002 and I go out, I go out again and, and get it done. Which I have no doubt, which I have no doubt you will. And, and, uh, that, that's, I think that's, um, a really important lesson that, you know, that, uh, overcoming obstacles, of course, um, but overcoming challenges and then, and then thinking through, you know, how do we process that challenge and then how do we think through how that how we respond to it that response is uh is really a big part of that that overcoming that obstacle is like how do we respond to these challenges and how do we move forward um but we also have to reflect we also have to have that time to be able to say like no this hurts and this is this is difficult and and you know and and we have to have that space and that time um so I'm, I mean, I, it just finished. I mean, you're only you're only like a, what a week and a half, two weeks out from from it happening. So it's you know still yeah. fresh, still processing right. a lot of it. I think I didn't realize how tired I was until I stopped because it wasn't just training and it wasn't just preparing. It was three months of being in the media spotlight. It right. was. 10 months of contacting personally hundreds and hundreds of businesses across North America asking them to support youth in crisis who needed mental health programs and services so that they didn't end up in a mental health treatment facility or worse. Um, You know, days of being on the computer and and realizing at 6 p.m., oh my gosh, I forgot I need lunch today because I've been, you know, emailing so many people. Right. Um, and then that happened for, for, you know, a long time. Um, you know, one of, one of the papers reported that I lost 25 pounds. I lost 25 pounds uh, with the 
amount of work and with the amount of stress that went into all of this, the, you know, that's a lesson to be learned for next time. Right. Uh, we're we're going to bulk up 15 pounds, not lose <laughs> 25 pounds. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, thanks, Toronto Star, for reporting that. <laughs> yeah. Was it true? I mean, is that, was that reality? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, um, you know, there were there were days where, you know, contact. So what I did was I broke down companies that had made huge financial gains um, in during, during this pandemic period. And I contacted all of their corporate giving departments or their marketing departments. And, um, you know, I spent months and months as, as, you know, my hobby is as a personal project, contacting people, reaching them, uh, asking them to to connect me with other people and and that took a, that took a huge toll on my on my physical self and, mm-hmm. and on my mental well-being um but but it was extremely successful and it laid the foundation for now what comes next um you know a lot of people didn't know about Mike Shoren's pedal across America. Mm-hmm. Now, the Weather Network has featured it. Right. It's all over the Canadian media. There are, you know, there's recognition that has come with this. There's a short documentary that was filmed out there by an award-winning film director that's now being submitted to international film festivals, a short doc, mm-hmm. um, in early 2022, which will set the tone and pave the way leading up to the second attempt. Amazing. Um, so, so now those companies that I was stressing about, you know, they see the value right. now right. of this and attaching their brands and aligning themselves to youth mental health and, and all of this. So the foundation has been created and, and I'm very excited about, about that. That's really exciting. Congratulations. I mean, congratulations. I mean, I know you wanted to finish, but you know, you know, there's, I don't know if silver lining is the right word, but you know, there's there's positive to come out of of that experience of of getting to Absolutely. two and a half and not getting to that three, but no doubt you'll get to that three, um, or or Absolutely. put all your effort into into getting to that three, of course. Um, yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that and and following along and being able to 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 hear how things are going and to to get to see the progress and and leading up to event number two. Um, but you mentioned so one thing I wanted to to touch on, and you mentioned it kind of in passing, uh, as if um, uh, writing is a very difficult thing, and it's a very personal thing, um, and it's a it's a it's a process. Um, and, and I like to write. I write myself. Um, but uh, you wrote a book, as you mentioned, called "The Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder: Crash and Rise from Victim to to Thriving Survivor." Um, can you talk a little bit about your book and kind of what led you to, to write it? Um, and like, what's the message that for anyone who hasn't read the book, you know, what's the message that you like to share? Um, and, and I know for me, I, I feel like the words crash, rise and thriving were, were very intentional words in the, in the title. Um, and so I, I would love to hear a little bit more about kind of that process and what led you to, to putting this book out there. So when I, when I won North America's largest inspirational speech competition and the speech went viral, uh, it's a speech on mental health and on confidence building when it's lost. 
when I won that talk and it went viral on, you know, power positivity and Ashton Kutcher put it up on his platform and, and Jay Shetty put it up and it gained millions of views. It connected me with other people all around the world. Suddenly I've got power positivity who has, you know, 37.5 million followers putting it up on their platform, sharing it. And, and I'm looking at all the comments and they're all, I see myself in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I see myself in this story. I don't have the same neurological condition that this guy has, but I have Parkinson's or I've had a struggle with, with my parents' cancer diagnosis or something, something, you know, we've all struggled with things. We all crash from things. So writing Crash and Rise seemed like the next logical step. Um, it can, you know, that talk really connected me with people around the world. And, and I wanted to write a book about mental health for entrepreneurs, for people in sport, for people who have ever really been through something. And that's not to say that, you know, what you've been through, like, it doesn't have to be something catastrophic. It just has to be something that changed you or changed your perspective. So for me, it was developing a neurological condition and being told that I would never paddleboard ever again. Um, And then what I did with that. So it's a framework of of what what I did, um, it's a little bit autobiographical, a little bit, or it's a little bit biographical, a little bit self help. Um, it's a little bit bossy, but it's funny. <laughs> um, I try I try to keep it entertaining. I, I I love movies and and TV and and art. Um, so I try to keep it as entertaining uh, as possible. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of pop culture references, and okay. they keep it light and funny. Um, but it's for people who who are struggling, and I think you know there there has been a lot of struggle in this pandemic period. Yeah. Um, you know, people have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. People have you know had to pivot and and change the way that they live their lives there is you know there has been significant change and and a lot of struggle and and i wanted to to help people so that they didn't feel so alone in their journey and that they could you know take the waves that they are given and push them back and upwards building their own tsunami that they can Instead of having a tsunami wipe over them, they can ride the tsunami. Um, you know, making making life easier for them. So, so the book, you know, is is a big part of of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, I'm I'm actually very excited. I'm I'm doing an author talk in Miami. Um, in in a few weeks, I'll be 
debuting the book at the Miami International Book Fair, which is North America's largest book fair. Nice. Um, so I'll be doing an author talk and and talking about mental health um, and uh, and some of the lessons learned that that I hope that you know people people apply. Well, so I, I in, in full disclosure, I have not had a chance to read it yet, but I, I definitely will um, because I think um, you know not only the message that you just shared, um, I think it's such an important one, and, and we've you know um, I want to get to this in a second, the mental health topic because it's one that has increasingly become a focus of society, especially over the course of the the pandemic. Um, but before we get there, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the the speech that you gave, the one that was, you know, I said yes, um, yep. talking about kind of the power of positivity. Um, yep. I, I don't know if you're familiar with an organization um, called the Positive Coaching Alliance, um, but it's an organization that I follow really closely um, and that I love because I think the message of positivity, um, especially when, well, I think in general, of course, but, um, you know, when you're thinking sports and, and you're thinking, you know, athletics, you know, the, and for coaches who are working with youth, you know, the, the power that positivity can have to, to, to motivate and to fill up our mental and emotional tanks is, is, is huge. Um, so I would love to get your view kind of on, on what you feel is the, the, the power of positivity and, and, you know, where, where, what that means to you. So, so yeah, the talk, um, it's so, it's so funny when I did that talk, I was hoping to, I had never given a talk before. I was kind of thrown into it. This is your um, first one. That was your first, first one. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. Um, I was sent it by a friend who said, you know, you have a story with a universal message that I think would really impact and touch a lot of lives. And I'm going to send you this thing. And I applied. And I didn't know what it was. And then I found out that they wanted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted me to share my story and compete with, you know, TEDx, TED speakers and, and corporate trainers and facilitators. You know, people who go into Google and, well, now I go into Google. Mm-hmm. But people who go into businesses and schools and, and speak professionally. And, and so... So then I found out that they wanted me, and I and then I did my research. <laughs> I don't know why I did. <laughs> what I get? What I get into? <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I was dealing with a neuro with a very new neurological condition. My face had collapsed. I couldn't walk really on my own. Mm-hmm. I was I was relearning how to walk. Um, so had I done my research before, I probably would have said no. I can't do this. Uh, but I'm glad that I didn't because because it led me down down a new road but I went into that talk thinking if I can inspire or I can uplift three people out of room of 300 then I've done my job and I knew that my parents were going to be in the audience I knew so like two out of two out of three people were going to like it already so probably just one Uh, (laughs) and I realized that I had just been into a crisis center um so I could do tough things and I could, I'd just been, you know, gone back on a paddleboard when doctors said that I couldn't. And, and that gave me a lot of confidence. So I went into that talk, you know, hoping for the best, 
Um, and and I wasn't expecting to win. I wasn't expecting, you know, the talk to go viral and get millions of views and connect me with people around the world. But for me, you know, power of positive thinking. Um, positivity is, you know, we should... It's hard to look at the glass as half full 100% of the time. Um, But if we can look at it half full rather than half empty 90% of the time, we're doing a huge service to ourselves mentally. Um, Just like, you know, I, I work with um, Chris Winfield and Jim Gottlieb, um, who are based in New York, and they often say, um, when you're struggling with something, believe in yourself just a little bit more than you don't, because that little bit more just gives you an extra edge. So, so when you're thinking, when you're given a task, and 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 you're thinking, okay. I can't do this. Yeah, you can. Think think that, you know, I can do I can do this 53%. You just need to do it a little bit more than you can't. 53% is just a little bit more than 49%. 49% like is less than half. You can't do it. But if you think you can do like 53, you don't need 100%. You need just a little bit more than you can't. And it, and it gives you the confidence to go in. And that's, you know, positivity is just, you know, seeing the glass half full, um, and 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 that and that pushes you along. It's, it all comes back to incremental wind building. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know about incremental building sports and stuff. <laughs> For sure, and 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 it's. I've never thought of it that way. To be honest with you, I, I you know, I'm I'm a I'm an I'm an overly uh, or, or I'm in generally a very positive person, um, but, but I, I, I've never thought of it in that, like, you just, you know, 50, that 53% just to be, be, you just have to be more than you are, than you are negative. And, and you're, you know, that's, that's a good way to think about it because especially if you're not feeling overly positive about a certain situation, or if you're having apprehension about a certain situation, um, incrementally feeling a little bit better about it can be really powerful. Um, And I actually just spoke with someone um, in the last episode, uh, Ethan Zahn, um, and and he was talking about uh, the importance for himself of uh, setting micro goals, you know, little goals that you can achieve, that you know you can achieve, um, and and how powerful that is. Um, Because when we play sports or in general, in life, you might, you know, set these really large goals that are aspirational and they're, they're wonderful to aspire to, you know, I want to win, I want to win a NBA title or I want to be a world champion. Um, and those are, I mean, we should definitely aspire to those, those greater, those big goals, um, and work hard towards them. But if we can set those smaller, like little goals and then feel good about it along the way, uh, that's, crazy motivational nobody became a world champion without becoming a national champion first and nobody became a national champion without becoming a regional champion first you're totally right yep 
and and and, and, and sometimes I feel and I know I mean personally I've in the past and even just in general I've, I've skipped those little steps you know and said well this is the this is the goal but I gotta I gotta think on these that these micro goals or mini goals uh, along the yeah. way to get to that ultimate goal um, yeah. and then it's about and you've mentioned this actually but you, you mentioned this earlier but and then it's about even if I don't get to that goal, it's, it's reframing what success looks like and, and, yeah. and saying like, I can still have been successful even if I didn't get to this ultimate goal. Um, yeah. I can still see getting to two and a half of my three that I wanted to get to. I can still see two and a half as being a, a very successful um, event and a very successful um, time. And so I think, you know, that's it. it when you can reframe it and think of it in these, in these positive ways, that's uh, really powerful. You know, there are lessons to be learned from, and I'm not going to say failure because it's not failure. I'm going to say personal disappointment because mm-hmm. we all have disappointments with outcomes of situations that we find ourselves in. Um, you know, you're disappointed by how a date went or you're disappointed by, you know, by, you know, not of striking out when, like, you were, when in here you were about to get the home run and save and, you know, win the game. Um, but, you know, by reframing and using positive self-talk, um, it allows you to build and grow um, faster. Have you found yourself, I mean, obviously with the, this event being something that, that's, that's still, of course, fresh and that you're processing, but are you finding yourself doing that as you're starting to, to plan and think about the next opportunity that's coming up? Are you going through that process now? Yeah. So one of the things that I had my team do, my support teams, were write down, ask them to write down a list of the things that they thought that worked and the things that they would do differently. Um, because it's not just me, I had support teams and I can learn from those people. Um, and I think it's valuable to take the lessons learned, not just from myself, but to other people, um, and to apply that on the next, on the next run. Um, and I, you know, I think that. That is, you know, this isn't something that I'm just creating. This is something that people do all the time. Right. Um, you know, stopping and reflecting and and taking note of, of, um, you know, how things, how things turned out. Because there are lessons to be with. Even even if, you know, we got three out of three while I was out there, and I had cross, I had done the full crossing on that last day there would still be lessons to be learned from that. Um, so, so yeah, we are, we are at that stage in the game. You're, you're in it. You're in it at the moment. Um, well, kind of jumping back to that mental health, um, topic, because I think it's such an important topic and, and, and I know it's one that's in, that's important to you, but, um, you know, I think, over the pandemic, but you know, it's, it's, it's not a new topic. This is not something that, that has, is just being focused on, but it definitely has been 
more prevalent of a conversation um, over the last couple of years. And, and we've seen a lot of athletes kind of start to prioritize their mental health um, and then thinking of mental health in the same kind of frame of mind as, as physical health um, and where that hasn't always been the case. There hasn't been equal priority set to both at times. Um, and so that's been really wonderful to see. Um, it, personally, I, I've loved to see that and, and to learn from everyone who is having these conversations. Um, but how has kind of prioritizing your own mental health kind of helped you in, in your journey? And, and, and why do you think it's important for people to be prioritizing their mental health and really thinking about their, their mental health as they're kind of going through life? So prioritizing, you know, I, I talk about this in, in schools often, and and what we what we what we need to personally do for ourselves for mental health. Um, right now, for for instance, I'm limiting my screen time. Um, I'm I'm not I'm using social media more as just a tool to get stuff out. I'm not on there. I'm not on there liking and commenting and sharing. Um, I've done that for the last 10, 11 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm taking, I'm taking a break. Um, if people want to contact me, they can, they can contact me and, and I'll, I'll respond, um, when I'm ready to, right. but, but I'm not, I'm not going through social media right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking a break. Um, and I think, you know, Spending time in nature, spending time with friends and family who who I didn't spend time with for a long time, as I was planning, as I was you know gearing up with this, the the five months that led up to this, you know I, I didn't see my I didn't really see my my parents I didn't really see my closest friends. Um, now is a time where I can have naps um, if I want to. Yeah. I can read a book. I didn't have time to read a book before. Um, and I'm just taking, I'm just focusing on taking care of me for, for the first time in a, in a long time. And, and in the week that followed, that was very weird because I was going so fast for, for so long. And, and then I just, you know, I came on shore, there were media interviews and then boom, as soon as that, you know, that weekend did, um, there was like a conclusion to the first part of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and my life just kind of slowed down. And, and at first I was, I was very stressed about it because, because I was like, Oh my gosh, like it's, it's like a conclusion, like a finale. Um, but it's, it's a really welcome break. Um, and it, and it's needed. <laughs> I needed to rest. I needed to, not worry about returning people's emails and phone calls and and um and just taking you know much needed time time to to enjoy life find some some mic time yeah some mic time so so how do you do that then in when inevitably things get busier or you're in the midst of of time of of life where where there's a lot going on how do we how do we take care of our mental health when we have all these things happening around us or, you know, personally and professionally and just in society in general? So we can do it by un- unwinding, 
are un, unwinding ourselves from social media. We can do it um, in nature. We can do it by practicing mindfulness activities. One of my favorites is doing dishes. Um, it's probably like I, I, I don't like cleaning and I, I don't think anybody really enjoys it. Um, but just being in a moment and stopping and feeling the sensations of something. Right. Um, it brings you back into yourself. It's calming, it's healing. Um, I've done that quite a bit. Um, a friend of mine actually just gave me a coloring book, an adult coloring book the other day. Really? Um, a lot of people have been sending me treats, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I'm a big fan of treats. But um, but one of them sent me a coloring book and, and pencil crayons. And I'm going to do that because that's a, that's a great, it's a, you know, it's, it's creative, it's relaxing. Um, it'll bring me back to my child self a little bit, right. which I think is, is always a good thing. And you have to be and, present um, to do it. And, and, you know, just getting out on the water for fun. Um, you know, I, I said during this, there's paddling for fun and there's paddling to get it done. And this was paddling to get it done. There was no fun. Um, this was, there was, this was grueling. There were blisters and cuts on my hands. This was extreme heat. Um, I had a camel back on, um, to keep me hydrated. Um, there were, you know, there was, there was excruciating pain. Um, and, and at points it was very dangerous. This, you know, this was not this was not you know let's go out and have a fun time right um this was let's go out and get a job done and save a lot of lives so this fall i'm looking forward to you know i was out the other day um for the first time for fun yeah and i i can't remember you know i wasn't training i was just on the water taking it all in um and it was nice. Yeah. It was nice to not feel the pressure to perform. It was nice to feel that I was on the water for myself and not for others. Right. Um, and it was just nice to kind of reconnect with, with a guy who I hadn't seen, this guy. Uh, <laughs> the man in the mirror. You know, in the last eight, eight, nine, ten months. Um, just kind of, you know, Lay down on the board in the sun. Yeah. You know, listen to listen to the birds and and watch the fish and and just enjoy it. Yeah, that's a that's a great reminder and message of you know we've got to find our find that thing that that does it for us to even if it's you know within a crazy period of time even if it's just for a few minutes or for for you know, 10, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, however we can fit the time in and find the, the time to kind of recalibrate or re, re-energize ourselves uh, a little bit. Um, it's so important. And I think, I mean, I, I imagine, uh, I know for me, it's always just recharging. Anytime I get to do that thing, I just feel, um, you know, re- refocused and re-energized to get back to whatever it is that I do, that I need to focus on. Um, 
in, in the getting back to the busy time. Um, well, so Mike, I, I have two, two kind of two final questions for you, if that's okay. Um, uh, one of the things, you know, that you've touched on a little bit, but I, but that I, I'd love to, to dive in a little bit on is, um, this idea of kind of inclusivity. Um, and I think with paddleboarding or, you know, with, um, sports in general, but I think, you know, as we're speaking about paddleboarding, um, you know, ensuring that sports are always inclusive is, is vitally important. Making sure that they're available and accessible to, to everyone is, is really important. Um, and, and something that we, as a society here in the United States, I, I imagine in Canada, um, but, but all over that we need to always be doing a better job of, um, and so I, in your opinion and in, in your view, you know, how can we make sure that, that anyone who would like to participate in an activity um, such as paddleboarding or just in an activity in general is able to, to do so? You know, what are, what are some things that we need to be prioritizing? So I think that the foundations or the governing bodies of whatever sport um, need to make it clear that they are in support of people, people, that it doesn't matter their abilities. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what, what sex, what race, what ge- like gender, what um, sexual orientation, that sport is, is something that brings people together. And and whether it's you know the the MLB or or the governing sport of you know dragon boating right. or or whatever it may be makes it known um, that that they are in support of people joining and play and playing playing these sports because without letting people know that. It deters people. Um, you know, when I became the international stand-up paddleboarding man of the year, um, I was featured, you know, with by several media outlets. One of those outlets was Outsports. Um, uh, you know, I, I was the first Canadian, the first person with a disability, and I was the first. I was the first openly LGBTQ person um, to win that award. So, so that was that was covered um, by you know it became you know an interest story for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know a lot of people, um, a lot of people with disabilities, don't don't do sports because they think that they're not capable and that they have to go and play on a team for for persons with disabilities. But really, do they? Um, no. Like, do, do people with mental health issues, um, you know, are they not welcome? No, you've got people like Naomi Osaka. Um, who's uh, who's out there playing major league tennis? Um, you know these these governing bodies of sport need to need to say that you know 
we support we support people in our in our communities and we champion them. Um, and when you do that, it will, it allows people it allows people to to get invested in it, to want to be a part of it, and um, and that that's how the world of sport grows. Yeah, yeah, that 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 awareness and that that advocacy for for everyone to be able to, to to know that these these programs or these teams or these opportunities are available and then and then these organizations that are in charge of making these decisions and and, and putting these programs together um, you know advocating and, and and reaching the community so that they everyone knows that this is this is here and this is this is available for yeah. for everyone and then you know speaking up when there's um, inequity of, of, of opportunity for, for, for people to be able to do it. Um, and so have you found, um, you know, in, in your experience, have you found there to be like any, any challenges or obstacles in, in ensuring that, you know, something like paddleboarding is, is accessible for all? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of work to be done within this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, you you can always get better. You can yeah. always make things more inclusive, more accessible. Um, there are there are organizations and uh, and there are clubs on national levels um, who who are very you know their their role is to make the sport more inclusive and and more accessible. And they do a very good job of it. Um, that doesn't say that there isn't work to be done and that there isn't growth to be had and, and more awareness and, and all of that. Um, but it is, it is there. And, um, and I think it is on a track where, you know, it, it's, it's promising for the future. Well, that's good. That's good to hear because I think you know we we um, and you've mentioned this in your your ability to to be able to share your voice uh, and be able to have others hear um, your story and and to be able to hear your voice. I think you know that's that's one of the things that we um, in the sporting community, but in general, um, need to continue to work on is making sure that everyone's voice is heard and everyone has the opportunity to 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 share their voice. Um, and you know we don't always do a good job of that um, in in society, but in, you know, and in sports, and, and in a lot of different areas. Um, so I think that's you know, as you've mentioned, you know, multiple times, like that's that's so important of of making sure that our that everyone's voices are are heard. Um, and so I'm I'm excited that you have been able to 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 share your voice with 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 the world and and, and advocate for for, uh, many different other voices and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm for this event number two, that, that, that'll be coming up next year, um, to be able even to increase those voices and increase the, the message. Um, I think that's really exciting and, and, um, definitely looking forward to, to hearing more and, and to learning more about that and, uh, to follow along with the journey. Um, so I have one last question for you, um, that ties kind of into that a little bit. Um, but you also, uh, in addition to talking about the power of positivity, um, you also have a speech that, that kind of centers around the power of community. Um, 
Yeah. And, and so I'd love to hear a little bit more, like tell us a little bit about your community and, and why, why your community is so important and, and what is it about sports that, um, that you feel maybe serves as a way to kind of help create community. Yeah. So I feel like you've watched that speech. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love to hear conversations that, that talk about things like things like this. I think it's so important. Uh, so the amazing thing about the paddleboarding pal- community, um, I woke up, you know, that talk went viral on the big platforms, and then the paddleboarding community from around the world took notice. And I... I woke up one day and I went downstairs and, and I checked Facebook and there was, there was this picture of this group of 10 people from Australia and they were standing in front of a lake or ocean and they were, they had a paddle each and they were holding it up in the air and they took this picture and they wrote hashtag paddles on Mike Shorman. And that's how I ended my speech. Because paddles up for me means confidence. Like you're, like you're holding your paddle up like a warrior. Right. And um, the hashtag paddles up and mental health. And then a few days, you know, a few days later, somebody from Boston did it. And then somebody from Texas did it. Yeah. And it went all the way through the United States. Yeah. And it hit something like 38 countries around the world. And, and like multiple times, yeah. like I think I think I have like seven paddles up from Paris, right? and it continues to happen. And and it was people wanting to be people seeing themselves in that talk, people seeing their own struggles, um, and seeing maybe a light that yes, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Um, and and what it did was it, it brought people together, but it also healed me. Um, and that's the beautiful thing. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know. I put that talk out um, to help people. I didn't. I didn't um, anticipate that people would want to help. And I didn't anticipate what that gift back to me would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But when, you know, when we do things like this, it really strengthens our communities because what it did was ultimately it led me to saying, I'm going to go out and do this big thing. And that wouldn't have happened if all those paddleboarders didn't do what they did. Right. Yeah. And they all came, they all unified around that, that message. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did, did you find there some vulnerability in sharing that message of like putting that, putting oh, that out there? Completely. Yeah. There was, um, it was it was a cathartic release for me. It was incredibly healing. Um, I had emotionally shut down for months right. um, to the point where I went into a crisis center because I wasn't talking. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but on the other side of that, I started talking. And then I started talking a little bit louder, and then a little bit louder, and, a little, and then like, and then that happened. And um, it's kind of like when you when like you open the, the drawer with like all the papers, and like it all just comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it all came out. Um, and what it did was it allowed it allowed me to keep talking. Um, and and by me talking, you know whether it's writing as a contributing columnist in a newspaper or with the book or with speaking or, you know, wherever, um, it's continued. And by continuing, it allows other people to come in and, and be a part of that. Um, and then they get to do it. Right. They yeah. get to go out and they get to, they get to say, oh, you know, this... This is this is where I am, and this is where I'm struggling, and this is the lessons that I've learned from this. Um, and then that impacts somebody, and then that helps somebody somebody else. Um, so it's just kind of like this continuum. It's, it's just like dominoes, right? Right, and it compounds yeah. as as more people are are having yeah. the the conversations and, and engaging yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, Mike, I, I mean, I, I've I've learned a lot over over the last, I mean, hour almost, um, and and I really appreciate you, you know, being willing to share your message and 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 um, you know, spreading this idea of positivity and community, and um, and I think it's really powerful um, to to be able to all come together and and to be able to to continue to to share each other's voices and share our own voices and and focus on our mental health and, and focus on, you know, being, being together as, as, as this community. And so, um, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time to, to, to join me today. Um, and you know, if you have anything, any kind of final message or anything that you'd love to, or like to leave us with, um, I, I would love to, you know, kind of hear any, any final thoughts you might have for, for the audience. Um, I want those who are listening to remember that when you are knocked off your paddle boards in life, you can climb back up on them and you can keep going. And, um, and although things might look differently as, as they will from time to time, um, it doesn't mean that it's bad it might just mean that it's different and um, and that we are all capable of doing of, we are all capable of doing exceptional things that is absolutely true um, well thank you for that message Mike I appreciate it's a great way to, to kind of cap it off and, 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 and end things for today but um, really excited to follow on with your journey and um, to you know kind of continue to to listen to your message and learn from your message. Um, so thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank you, Ryan.